to the Minority Reports Podcast with your hosts, the Cougar and the Aggie, where we discuss our journey to financial independence and also share tips on investing, saving tactics, and interview people who have hashtag made it in America. We're not certified professional financial advisors. We're just two really cool guys that have done a lot of research on these topics. Welcome to another episode of the Minority Reports Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, the Cougar. And I'm the Aggie. And today we're going to discuss in depth all those troublesome terms you may have wondered about, you may actually be investing in, and you just never knew what they really were. We're talking stocks, index funds, mutual funds, ETFs, targeted funds, bonds, money markets, and CDs. And I guess without further ado, why don't we just start breaking it down? Nice. So I'm pretty sure our listeners were like, what the, what are all those terms? Because um, a, a lot of, and we've been getting a lot of feedback from our friends that have been listening to the podcast, and some of them don't have, you know, IRAs or 401ks, so um, starting to get them to start opening up accounts. But then it's like, what am I going to invest in? What am I going to put my money in? True. Um, so we'll start off with the basic stocks. Uh, stock is, you know, the stock market. When you think of investing, you're probably thinking of stocks. So stock is ownership in a company. Okay. So Google, if you wanted to buy a share of stock, it would cost whatever the going price is. Uh, you would you'd be an owner of Google, so it's just that company, um, and you're an owner of it. If you want to get one share, two shares, however many shares you end up getting, um, it's a good way to invest in a company. Um, but ultimately, you're putting all your eggs in one basket, which is a risky, risky situation. Correct, um, because. You never know what might happen. You think of all the people that had retirement companies uh, or vehicles with Enron and then they went bankrupt and you can imagine all of their savings and investments all down the drain because the company went bankrupt. Which I guess brings back um, something you may have heard about diversifying your portfolio and that's what the Aggies is talking about. Uh, You don't want to ever have all your eggs in one basket correct so stocks although it is a good option i think we both agree that if you want to invest in stocks uh we would suggest having like a little play fund or having like some money set aside that you want to kind of fiddle around with the stock market and maybe invest in that way so maybe get like a little thousand dollar fund and open up a e-trade account or uh, any other company and just mess around buying stocks and selling and um, going that route. And correct me if I'm wrong, but you have some experience with stocks, correct? Correct. How did that go? How was that for you? It was good. Um, one of the recent ones was Nintendo. Um, oh. Yeah. Okay. So whenever, because I knew they were coming out with the D- uh, the new Nintendo small console that they're coming out that, oh, that keeps uh, selling out everywhere. The Switch or something. Yeah, no, no, not that one. The, show my age. The <laughs> Super Nintendo, the little console, like they redid. They're bringing back the Super Nintendo. You didn't know that? No. Where have you been? <laughs> Under a um, rock. 
Uh, no, they like it's a little small unit and it comes with like a bunch of games in it. But like Best Buy and all those will have like ten and people camp out and buy it all and then sell wow. it on eBay for a lot. I need to get out more. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, I knew that was coming out and I knew uh, the Pokemon Go app was coming out and they were associated with it. I thought they were an owner of the company of Pokemon. So I was like, you know, it's probably going to go up. So I bought uh, some stock in Nintendo. And like I thought, it went up a lot. Um, not a lot, but like uh, over like $12, $15, I think for sure. And luckily I sold. Uh, and then it, once they realized that po- they didn't really own Pokemon Go, shares kind of tumbled. And uh. Yeah, so luckily I sold before that, made a little gain, and uh, that was it. But then, one thing with stocks is you have to pay commissions when you buy and sell, so that eats off some of the profit, and then you pay short capital gains tax if you don't hold it for longer than a year, so all of that ends up chopping down your actual profit from it. Uh, okay. So, um, but that's stocks. Um, the one... I think we can both agree on that what we suggest that you invest in it um, is the index fund. Oh, yeah. Um, And if you look at, you know, the whole FI community, everybody uses index funds. Um, And even I'm going to try to give you like three reasons why to do index fund. And um, but an index fund essentially, uh, I think Warren Buffett said it best. It's a diversified piece of the American economy. Yeah, I heard it not too long ago, and I thought it was a perfect description for it. So instead of just buying one stock for one company, you're buying, depending on what the index fund, it could be the whole United States. So you're buying parts of companies um, in different sectors, so you're diversifying. Um, Just in the act of purchasing an index fund, you're already diversifying your portfolio. Correct. Okay. Um, So that's what an index fund is. Um, And then three reasons why um, I think you should invest, um, even if you don't believe me, uh, Warren Buffett being one of the best investors in our Financial guru. Financial guru, the oracle of Omaha. Uh, But uh, he gives us like three reasons um, why you should. And the first one being he made a million dollar bet with uh, Protégé Partners um, that if he invested, they were both going to invest the same amount of money uh, into... Warren Buffett doing the index fund and project partners doing uh, hedge funds. So hedge funds are kind of like mutual funds, but you have to have like a minimum of 250000 to be even to invest. <laughs> oh, so it's man. a little out of our range, but essentially they're more risky. Um, so they're really trying to time the market, get in and get out. Uh, so it was supposed to be for 10 years, and it's actually going to, the bet's going to be done next year. Um, so they're in the nine years in to this bet. And when you look at the project partners, they're at a 22% um, gain for the nine years. Okay. So if you would invest, if they invested a million dollars at the beginning, they would be up $220,000. Wow. Which is still good. Yeah, that's really uh, good. 
But if you were to just put it in an index fund that's passively managed, it's just diversified uh, piece of the American economy. Uh, in those same nine years, you'd be 85.4% up. Whoa. So if you invested a million, you would have $854,000 of profits. So, wow. Get out of here. Yeah. So, and they started it, I think, around the time uh, we were graduating. So if we would have just put all our money in index funds at the time, we would have had 85.4%. I wish they would have sent a memo to us. I know. So the bet ends next year. Uh, he's going to win it, hands down. Um, luckily, the proceeds go to charity. That's right. Um, but it's a huge hit when you think about um, hedge funds because that's where you know the millionaires are all investing because uh -huh. these guys can beat the market and and do better than or, you know, they're supposed to know what they're doing. They're financial professionals. And here's an index fund that just all is doing is tracking, like the, the S&P, um, tracking the market. And you really just have to invest in that, and it's just going to give you great returns. Um, so even if you're afraid of stocks and you don't want to pick or whatnot, I mean, you just choose an index fund. It's got low fees, so you're just going to have great returns. That's, that's something... Um... That's eye-opening. Yeah. For sure. So, they're going to take that loss. <laughs> the Prodigy partners, so not going to be good for them. Um, so, a lot of people are probably going to start, once that comes out next year, we're going to start investing a lot more in index funds. with a lot more money going into it. Um, but that's the first reason. Second reason is good old LeBron James. LeBron James? Yes, LeBron James. Let's get out of here. So, you're thinking LeBron James, probably one of the top, well, now I think it might be Steph Curry, but he was one of the best paid oh, athletes. Yeah, in, incredible athlete. He's a lot of money that he owns. And he asked Warren Buffett, like, what would you suggest I invest in? And Warren Buffett's like, well, the thing with athletes is they're always people coming up to you, like, giving you restaurant ideas or this is the next best thing and Warf and Buffett basically said just invest in an index fund and LeBron James actually followed through with that yeah um, and this was like a show they did where LeBron asked them but Warren said it was like they've talked because they're friends and uh, he basically told them that the best thing you can do is invest in an index fund for LeBron James. It doesn't sound sexy. He's like, it's simple. It's not, you know, you're not going to be able to go to a friend and say, yeah, I just bought a lot of stock in so-and-so company and I just made a lot of money. It's, <laughs> you can't. It's going to be index fund. It's, you're going to get money back. You know, you're going to get profit gains, but it's just not sexy. But <laughs> it's going to make you money it's and that's all that matters. Thing, right. <laughs> And then the last thing is, obviously, Warren Buffett has over, I think in 2014, he was like $74 billion in his estate. Um, and he's probably one of the greatest investors of our generation, like we mentioned. Um, and he's obviously older. He's, he may pass away soon. And they asked him, like, what are you going to do with all that money? Um, and he basically said he's going to put most, he's going to give a lot to charity. Okay. Um, but whatever's left, he's going to put in an index fund and have that just keep growing because uh, he thinks that's the best investment you can do is putting it in an index fund. That's 
That's cool. So, even if you don't believe us, Warren Buffett <laughs> is going to put all his money what, in the index funds. What was that you called him? Uh, the Oracle of Omaha. The Great Warren <laughs> Buffett. So, yeah. Uh, that's index funds. That's what we do. Uh, uh, luckily, my 401k provider has the Vanguard index fund in it. So um, the more we did research on this, now I'm like, I had like four different uh, funds I was doing. Now I'm probably going to put most of it all in to the uh, Vanguard index fund. And then my IRA uh, follows an index fund as well. So uh, that's, uh, you bring up a good point. I kind of did the same thing as we were doing more and more research into this. I started off the year investing in I think maybe six or seven different investment options. And now I think it's four. Mm -hmm. uh, but most of it is being allocated to index funds. Which uh, I guess that ties into the next topic, mutual funds. And so the Aggie kind of mentioned passively um, Passive versus actively managed. Passive is when it just kind of just sits on its own. It's basically doing what the market does. Mm -hmm. uh, no one's really looking over it, making decisions on it, trying to beat the market. It's just a reputation of the market. Actively managed is where you do have someone and their team of research researchers and they're making decisions trying to beat the market. Now, the example that the Aggie gave, the index fund was beating out protege partners. But that's what, essentially what mutual funds are. Um, kind of similar to an index fund. It allows you to pool your money with a lot of other investors to be able to have it have professional help, professional yeah. guidance. Uh, so they are actively managed. Accounts. So like a financial, um, certified financial advisor. Yes. So then basically he's in charge of the money and a lot of people put their money in to make like a $10 million fund. And then he buys stocks. He does yes. whatever he thinks and whatever he thinks is going to be better. Um, Trying to beat the market, essentially. Mm -hmm. And I guess... Which, as, as we know, <laughs> and we've mentioned in our previous podcast, not a lot of people are able to beat the market. That, that's true. I mean, um, not a lot of people. And you gotta, you got to imagine somewhere out there, there's uh, mm -hmm. someone who is overseeing these funds and is making a killing. Mm -hmm. and, Ray Dalio, <laughs> Buffett, yeah. some of these guys. But that, in a sense, is a mutual fund. You're pulling your money. You're pulling your money with other investors, making it mutual. Uh, oh, that's how that works. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and um, I guess the next topic would be ETFs. Maybe you're thinking, what is an ETF? What is an ETF? Cougar? An exchange trade fun mm. because it is traded on the stock exchange yeah. you see that mm -hmm. so an ETF is a fund that behaves like stock okay so 
I guess the easiest way to break this down is with an ETF, you buy, you're buying like a basket of say bonds or um, any mutual funds, stuff like that, other securities, and then you're buying like a share. Okay. And you can buy and you can sell anytime that the stock market is open. So the moment, say, there's an increase in price and you're like, boom, I'm going to make a killing, you can sell right there. And the moment you, you make that order to sell, you basically get your money then and there. Mm -hmm. How that differs with, say, like an index fund is an index fund is valued at the end, at the closing of the stock market. ETF is any time that the stock market is open. That's when you can buy or sell. Gotcha. Uh, along with that, index funds allow you to buy partial shares. Where, say, if their company has a share that's valued at 40 bucks, you, if you wanted to do the ETF, go ETF route for this, you would have to have that 40 bucks. Mm -hmm. Some of the brokerage firms would allow you to start investing with like a dollar minimum if you went the index fund route. So it's in the long, if you're going for the long haul in this game, which this is what we believe, you know, uh, we believe that it's a marathon, not a sprint. We still feel that the safest bet is going to be in the next fund, but an ETF is, I guess if you're interested in the stock market, it usually has lower fees than the stock. Mm -hmm. Some ETFs are commission free. A lot of them still, you know, you still have commissions, but some of them are commission free. So it would be a good. What do you mean, like commissions? Like uh, when you mentioned about the stock market, how you had to pay commissions on, you know, when you buy and you sell. So some of the ETFs are commission free. That's okay. Something. So um, it was still, I think it would be a good place to get your feet wet in terms if you want to start um, getting into that. But that's pretty much ETF. ETFs. Um, yeah, and so the next one is a target date fund, uh, which actually my employer, uh, not too long ago, sent out uh, an email saying that if you were like starting the company or if they're going to start doing the uh, match, that they're going to put everybody in a target date fund unless you change uh, the elections that you choose, um, which in theory, target date funds are a good option. Um, let's say your retirement year is going to be 2050 so there's a target date fund that's you know whatever the target date fund 2050 for that year so you're gonna retire at 2050 so this fund is going to change its allocations throughout it's like when you get closer to retirement so usually all of them are going to be 90 percent stock 10 percent bonds at the beginning um, and then once you're like 25 years away from retirement it'll start increasing bonds and decreasing stocks. Um, so if you're one of those 
you just want to invest and don't really want to focus on choosing an index fund and choosing this option versus that option, um, target date fund kind of does it for you. It's almost like a set it and forget it kind of deal. Um, so it's a good option, but again, you're relying on, I think once it starts changing allocations, it changes it like every seven years. Um, so depending, it might you might be in a recession and selling stocks and you might have to take that loss. Um, so it's an option if you, you know, like I said, you don't want to be that involved with investing and whatnot. And you know you're going to retire in, you know, 50 years, you'll just choose that fund and it does all the work for you. Yeah, key terms being set it and forget it. Yeah. Okay. So that's a target date fund. Uh, next on our topics of discussion is the bond. What is a bond? Uh, a bond is basically kind of like a loan where you're the bank. So you purchase a bond and I guess bonds have typical returns that are probably around 4 or 5 or 6%. Um, then you got to account for inflation, right? So typical inflation in a year is probably 2 or 3%. So your return really on a bond is probably about what, 2, 3, or 5, 4%, sorry. Um, so what it is, it's like you're purchasing this bond and I guess they're, some of them are considered to be very safe in the terms that, hey, for sure, you invest $1,000, you're going to get a 2 3 or 4% return. That's for sure going to happen. Uh, but not all bonds are safe. Some bonds are can be pretty um, dicey, mm -hmm. in a sense. Um, those, and it all just comes down to, in a sense, like lending. Like, if you lend money to somebody, if you really trust them and you know they're good on their the word, then the return you're going to get on that is going to be lower than those that maybe you don't know this person that you're lending to. You Maybe you don't think they're going to pay. If they do end up paying you, then those bonds are going to offer higher returns. But it is an option if you feel like the general market itself is too volatile. Like if you're like, hey, you know, I don't, I'm not sure if I want to invest in this market. I, I kind of want some degree of certainty, even though, you know, nothing is really certain when investing. But hey, I want to go with a safe option. Bonds would be your, your go-to in that sense. So you obviously you're getting better returns than just having your money in a savings account. Yes. Yes, definitely. Yeah, okay. Two, three, 4%. I think that uh, kind of brings up another topic of the beginning, like the stock, index fund, mutual funds. Um, you've got two stages of your life, I guess. There's wealth preservation, and then when you're trying to grow wealth. Um, so we always say index funds or stocks or whatever it want to be, those are going to give you higher returns because they're more risky. Um, but you're getting more return that's you're building your wealth. So as you start getting closer to retirement, obviously you don't want to risk that much. So you, like you said, you want more certainty. So you're trying to preserve the wealth that you've created. And that's where bonds come in. Good point. Um, so that's kind of the idea because you're thinking, you know, two, three percent. Why, 
would I do that if I can make a lot more in stocks? But, you know, we could have a crash and then, you know, you're close to your retirement and then you just lost half of your, your savings. True. So um, it's just the option, like you said. Um, we always say diversify. Um, and you want to preserve the money you've made. You don't want to lose it all at the end. So that's why it's a good option. Uh, bonds as well. And, that, and you mentioned uh, savings. Mm -hmm. And the next topic is money market. Yeah. So money market is a way, almost a better way to have uh, than a savings. Uh, you get at least like it's around 1% uh, money back on it. Um, but you, it's somewhere you can like put your money if you don't know where you want to invest yet. Um, like when I opened up my IRA, uh, I knew the fund I wanted to uh, put my money in, but they had a minimum of uh, 10000 before you can start. Um, so my money was in a money market while I accumulated the 10000 And um, you have access to this. Yeah. So if you needed to take it out or put it back in, you can use a money market. So again, it's going to give you better returns than having a savings account, but it's only like 1%. So... If you're eventually going to put it in stocks, obviously it's better to put it in the index fund for higher returns. But if you're in that stage of, you know, you don't know what to do, or even if you had like a, a six-month, you know, emergency fund, instead of having it in the bank, uh, money market would probably be a safer, uh, and you'd get more returns on it. Um, but and I think that's a great point. I mean, because maybe, maybe a lot of our listeners probably don't know about money and they mm -hmm. just put, you know, see, hey, savings account, it's my savings account. But uh, as as we mentioned, it basically is a savings account just with a better return. Return, yeah. Uh, uh, so if you have a savings account and you have a good chunk in it, maybe look at opening. Money markets. Money markets. And I, a lot of banks have money markets, right? Yeah. Um, the financial institutions have it. Uh, I would, like we mentioned on our uh, previous podcast, if you're going to open up an IRA, you probably just want to go with uh, whoever you're opening up your IRA and do a money market through them. All right. And um, I guess that takes us to our last one, which is CDs. Not like that mixtape that we're dropping, which is straight fire. More <laughs> like a CD in terms of a certificate of deposit. It's basically a savings tool that some financial institutions offer where they give you better returns than you typically would with a savings uh, account. The biggest thing about a CD is the term length that you have to agree to. So with a money market, you can access your money at any point. With a CD, you can't. So if I want to place a thousand dollars in a CD, I come into an agreement with the bank saying, Hey, I don't want to touch this money for maybe it's a few days, a few months. Yeah. I think it can be up to like a decade or so. Now, the longer that the money is in there, you know, the more it's going to yield in returns. But again, it's money I can't touch. And if I do touch, then I get penalized. But that's what a CD is. And, and you know, hey, maybe you have you know, $10,000 or $20,000 you want to just set aside and just for whatever reason, um, you can always place in the CD. You, again, these are options. 
I don't have a CD. I don't either. And so we would probably feel that if you have that money sitting, might as well invest it in an index fund. But, again, these are your options. So, yeah. Uh, we've talked, obviously, in the previous podcast about 401k IRAs. Um, and these are, um, once you open those up, or if you have them now, you can start looking at what, you know, investments you have in those and maybe start, you know, making some changes. Um, again, I think we're usually talking to millennials and uh, people our age, and we've got so much time before uh, we're going to retire that index funds just kind of make the most sense um, for the long term, because obviously we're... we're what we're um, pushing is long-term investing, not, you know, short-term. That's right. Marathon, not a sprint. Uh, I mean, hopefully we were able to clarify some of this for you guys. I mean, the more you know, the more your money will grow. Hey, I see what, what you did there. Okay. Um, and something that the Aggie talked about was the fact that, you know, hey, we, we started discussing 401ks, we started discussing IRAs, and now we discussed it, <laughs> discussed, <laughs> discussed all these um, options that you have available, but something we touched on on our first episode was, you know, about financial independence, um, we kind of went into what it meant to us and why we're doing it but we never really went in depth and so now that our listeners are properly equipped with the tools to understand our motives we're going to go in depth on our upcoming episode as to how we plan to use these options and these tools to achieve financial independence within x amount of years and I guess the biggest theory around that is the drum roll, the 4% rule. Aggie, you want to give them a quick breakdown about the 4% rule? Or do you want to just leave them on a cliffhanger? I kind of want to leave them on a cliffhanger so they uh, listen and stay tuned for the next podcast. But I think the eye-opener thing with the 4% rule is... Uh, and I'll leave the listeners with this, is if you start thinking, like, how much do you really need to retire? Because if you ask anybody, usually you're like, well... Seven million dollars. Yeah, exactly. Ten million. You know, several millions or whatever it ends up being. And some people, that's what they need because that's what, you know, they're trying to achieve. But like you were talking about, we're trying to reach financial independence uh, and retire early, which kind of the new coin phrase is FIRE. Uh, but uh, so we're trying to reach that and we don't need millions of dollars um, not even like nine hundred thousand dollars but uh, that's what the four percent is gonna hopefully get you a number that you can try to strive for and really start thinking like how much do I really need to retire do I need to work for the rest of my life to be able to Retire when I'm 65 and then start living life at that point in With time. seven minutes. <laughs> I mean, I was talking to the Aggie on this, but I love the cinema. I love to go watch movies. Uh, I'm a matinee type of person. So 
they have a showing at 9 a.m., I'm there. Mm-hmm. And so I remember vividly one summer when I was in college, I was at the movies like three times a week at 9 a.m., 10 a.m., catching those shows. And you know who was in there with me? Who? The great elderly citizens of America, the retired ones. You know how much we spend per ticket? How much? $5. So do you really need seven, eight million to retire? But. Stay tuned for that. Uh, before we go, well, thank you for listening as always. I'm one of your hosts, the Cougar. And I'm the Aggie. And uh, it's time again for some financial words of wisdom from Mr. Aggie himself. Take it away. It's not really me. I'm just reading quotes. But since he was the main topic on today's uh, podcast, Mr. Warren Buffett, <laughs> the Oracle, <laughs> the Oracle of Omaha. Um, we got a quote from him and we we're reading a couple that he had and this one kind of hit us. So hopefully it'll hit our uh, listeners as well. So it's, it takes 20 years to build a reputation and five minutes to ruin it. If you think about that, you'll do things differently. Till next time, have a good one.